0: Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Seno. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more.
1: listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Matt Price. With me as always, Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell. We are going to do a little bit of a special episode here, a little, little peek behind the curtain. We are all obviously busy for the Christmas holiday and, and most of that week, so we were having some scheduling issues, but we wanted you guys to, to have something to listen to next week. You know, I, I, I know how it is with family sometimes, you've got to break away, get a little bit of a break, maybe you need a little bit of, of football uh, in your ears, so we are going to do a quick rookie draft redo, and we're going to do it from a Superflex perspective, so uh, we're just gonna get right into it guys. Uh, we I did some random draws and we came up with Dan with the 101, Ryan with the 102, Matt with the 103, and we'll just go through like a standard 12 team superflex draft and it's kind of like we're building four well we're drafting for four separate teams here. So that's the perspective. Dan, lead us off with the 101.
0: You know this is a really good idea for this time of year because it kind of gives us one last chance to comment on these players and, and give our opinions for the last time. And there's so much data that we've seen to this point, uh, throughout their rookie seasons that it's fun just to, to take one last glimpse and, and maybe look again at the risers and the fallers. And we have had a lot, a lot of risers and, and fallers for sure. Of course, none of them, uh, pertaining to the number one pick, Saquon Barkley, still the guy, obviously should be the rookie of the year and probably, uh, one of the dynasty player of the years, just a, a crazy season for a guy behind such a poor offensive line. I constantly think about what kind of production we would see if they hadn't drafted Barkley, if we had one of those other guys in that backfield. And, you know, maybe they still catch 45 to 50 passes, but it's nothing like what's Barkley do, what Barkley's doing. They're not busting off those big runs. He's a special guy and a special talent. And, you know, if we were lucky enough to get the number one pick this past year and get that no-brainer selection like that, man, you got to count your chickens because uh, those kind of talents only come around, it seems like, once every handful of years at least.
2: Dan, you don't think that the combination of Jonathan Stewart and Wayne Gallman would have put up the same numbers as Saquon (laughs) Barkley? Well, you know, they might have got the same type of
0: you know, percentage of carries and maybe even close to the same catches, but they wouldn't have done anything like it, obviously. So, you know, he's. I think we've all, I don't know if we've been gifted with so many good players recently and and now especially at the running back position recently that I think some people overlook Barkley a little bit. It's like, well, we've had Zeke and we've had Gurley and, you know, the list goes on and on. And now Barkley comes around and, and he might be the best of all of them. It's kinda funny to watch even dynasty owners that are really plugged in talk about Barkley like, yeah, he's one of the best. Man, he is good. He is so good. And it's it's almost like he's underappreciated, honestly.
2: Yeah, he's I mean he's my one oh one now in a in a startup draft. So <laughs> to take him one oh one in a rookie draft here, uh not a stretch at all. Ryan, who do you got for one oh two?
1: Yeah, I thought um I thought Dan's point about Barkley being kind of underappreciated is is interesting. I and I th- I kind of see what you mean. I guess that that must be because so many of us rate r- ranked him so highly, valued him so highly, even before he stepped onto the field. That basically all he did is what we expected him to do. Our right. expectations were just so. Uh, so lofty for him and and he's met them. We we really should uh, appreciate that and value that more.
2: Well, Ryan, I mean, I remember in the in the pre-draft process and he was already up into like the end of the first round of startups, I think it was an ADP back in August, September, something maybe even earlier than that, and I thought maybe he was already priced at a ceiling, but clearly that is not the case. So, yeah, maybe he is a little bit underappreciated from that perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's he would be uh, my choice as the 101 in in a startup draft, uh, let alone a, a rookie draft, but we're used to Dan getting all the great picks this year. So <laughs> this, this has been the theme. I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I feel like I have a couple of great choices at the 1.02 pick. Uh, and, but since we're doing the super flex format, I'm going to go with a quarterback and I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I, he's already being valued. Uh, certainly as the top 10 dynasty quarterback. I've I've seen some people even have him in that top 5 range already. That's a little lofty for me, but but again, if if you can get that guy at the top of your rookie draft and uh feel safe about having him in your lineup for the next uh several years, you know, that that's a great pick at that point, I think.
2: Yeah, that was going to be my pick there, so not happy that I've already been sniped by you, Ryan. But that's also not uh, uncommon this year. Dan, any thoughts on that pick before I make my pick at 103? No,
0: and if it wasn't a guy like Barkley, I would have considered him. But I kind of thought it was, you know, and Ryan said the same thing, he would would have taken Barkley as well. You know, Mayfield, that premium position, and I think we all feel like he has that, like, elite quarterback one upside – uh, you'd have to consider him even at 1 but with the upside of Barkley and what he's done already it, it was a pretty easy choice i think Mayfield's the clear second pick
2: in a super flex so definitely agree so at the 103 i will i'll go ahead and take uh, uh, Nick Chubb here i i think he is he's pretty much answered all the questions that i have you know about him this season, after he was able to take over for Carlos Hyde, I, th- I think he's answered the questions of if he can catch passes or not. I think we've seen that. You know, Maybe he's not a David Johnson-level pass catcher or a Saquon Barkley-level pass catcher, but he can definitely do some damage in that part of the game. Um, and I remember in the pre-draft process, everybody was saying Sony Michelle is the better pass catcher, but I don't know if that's true anymore, at least in the pros from what we've seen. So Nick Chubb, pretty easy pick for me at 103. And uh, unless you have it, guys have any comments, back to you, Dan.
0: No, I would have taken <clears throat> Chubb at four if you hadn't taken him at three for sure. So uh, kudos to you, a good pick. I am, you know, I really feel like this is the range where any of these quarterbacks could go and, and should really go, to be honest with you. I, I think we've all gone back and forth a little bit on how um, how we value each one of them, especially following Mayfield uh alan's been a nice player and i've always liked darnold and rosen jackson was the guy that we all kind of settled in it on it at least feel felt like to me being the guy that we we kind of wanted next and and like i said at least i felt that way i've i've swayed a little bit on that I've, I've gone back and forth a little bit but i'm back on sam darnold as the next guy so i'm gonna take darnold here and not that I necessarily feel great about it, and maybe if I had a little bit more time to watch these guys and and watch Jackson a little bit closer, maybe I'd feel better about him. I, I did get a couple of tweets about some of our comments last week, Ryan, uh, saying how we're concerned about him. The supporters are still out there for sure, but I flipped the script just a little bit. I'm on Darnold. I like his upside. I hope they get a coach in there that's going to move him along nicely. Uh, Not that he would do a Sean McVay type thing, but if they could get him on the right track and get him a few weapons, like they have in L.A. and Chicago over the last couple of years, I think he could take that next step and be one of those guys, those young guns that we, we like in our super flex lineups.
1: So... That surprises me a little. Uh, th- me the too. Darnold, me too. I'm glad you said the it. Darnold pick, but at the same time, I, I really feel like those those first three picks are not only locked in, but locked in in the order we took them: uh, Barkley, Mayfield, and Nick Chubb. And, and then, then it's wide open, right? And then it's wide open. Right. So I'm I, yeah. At four, I was considering eight guys. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I think from four <laughs> at least through the end of the first round yeah, there's eight or nine guys and you're just going to see very little difference uh, between the value of those players. So yeah, maybe Darnold would have fallen, but uh, in that case, whether it's a mock draft or, or an actual draft of any kind, when those players are valued so closely, that's when you just grab your guy and and not worry about reaching. Uh, So at the five spot, I will, I, I'm going to stick with Lamar Jackson um, and, and yeah, Dan, we talked about him a lot last week. I, I still have those concerns long-term, but uh, again, a quarterback in this format and and one that I still believe has that not only weekly upside, but, but season long upside to be a QB one in this range, you have, you have to make that pick. And I'm just reminded looking at all these options how deep that quarterback class really was to have, you know, five, five uh, first rounders. And that just made those, that made those super flex rookie drafts so fun last year that you were getting, you were getting stars well into the second round or at least uh, expected or presumed stars.
2: Yeah, and outside of Rosen, I mean, they've pretty much all, I mean, I don't know if you could say Darnold is necessarily a hit, but he's played fine. He's been fine. He's he's an NFL starter for sure. He's he's in the, probably in the top half of NFL starters. So, I think that you can say pretty well that they've they've all pretty much hit and Rosen has had, you know, you know other issues surrounding his offense. So,
1: I'll say this about Rosen versus I'm sorry, about uh Darnold versus Jackson. I think if you said one of those guys is not gonna be the twenty nineteen starter, I would say that's Jackson. Like I I, I think I think Darnold is safer. I'll say that. Yeah, that that's that's fair. I think
0: Darnold's awfully safe, and I think Jackson's probably creeping up to being just as safe. What I like about Darnold is I really feel that it's the weapons around him that are affecting his rookie output, you know? And he, he if you watch Sam Darnold, he's not playing bad. He's not playing poorly. Rarely do you watch him play and come away thinking, wow, that's a rookie quarterback. I feel... I really do feel like he has weathered the storm of not having anything around him, and if they put things in place, he can take a big, big step. So, Darnold fans out there and owners out there should be looking forward very much to 2019.
2: Yeah, I can't disagree too much. I, I wanted Lamar Jackson with my 106 pick here, but... Ryan took him, of course. Um, I I know, Ryan, you guys talked about on the blueprint this week how he has nine fumbles in five games, which was surprising to me. I didn't know that. That seems crazy. But uh, I still think that he, ha- he offers, like, the most upside, maybe outside of Baker, uh, of any of these quarterbacks in this class. So sad to not see him there. So... My next pick, I'm going to go back to running back then. I'm going to take the guy we're probably all a little bit scared of right now with all the infection talk and Darius Geis, but we still have a long way till 2019 season. So I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm still confident he's going to be ready to go. And I think we've seen what Adrian Peterson can do in good game strips this season. And I think Geis has you know more juice than Adrian Peterson at this point. So uh, I'll go ahead and take the risky pick of Darius Geis here at 106. Yeah,
0: you got me again, Matt, because I was leaning towards Geis again, kind of hoping you would follow the train and take another quarterback, but since you didn't, (laughs) uh, I'm not going to either this time. I'm going to go to my guy, Calvin Ridley, right here. I actually considered him at four before going with the quarterback, but I figured there might be a little bit of a run. I know a lot of dynasty owners are concerned about the up-and-down nature of his rookie season season. And the lack of the pr- of production over the last few weeks, I'm I'm not quite as concerned. I really, I, it, it's probably going to sound like a broken record because I've said it so many times. But his usage is really head scratching to me, to see Mohamed Sanu play that many more snaps than he is. He's even sharing targets with receivers that really don't belong in the field. And I, so I'm not really that sure if it's that that coaching staff doesn't trust Ridley. And, and he's had his drops and some things that maybe have caused that. Maybe they're seeing that in practice, or maybe it's just a rookie thing. Whatever it is, I feel like Ridley is going to be the cream that rises to the top at as soon as the 2019 preseason or training camp, and he'll be getting all of those targets down the road. He's a wide receiver one in the making, and to get him at, at seven in this exercise feels pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think you know, we've heard rumors recently that that those coaches are, are going to be on the way out. At least um, the offensive coordinator—I'm I'm blanking on his name right now—but Steve Sarkisian. Yes, thank you, Sark. Yeah, and that's that's going to be good news, I think, for the entire offense. So, Dan, you know you know our thoughts on Ridley. You, you're the Ridley guy. We're lukewarm Ridley guys. I was gonna... <laughs> cautiously optimistic, Ridley guys. Yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, we're not Ridley haters, Matt and I, but I think no. maybe, in, maybe in comparison <laughs> to you, we, we might look that yeah. way. So um, since you kicked off the wide receiver run here, I'm going to continue that. And I'm going to take my number one guy, which is DJ Moore. And I, I'll admit the way Ridley started the season, the the opportunity it looked like uh, Cortland Sutton was going to have. I was, I was a little bit worried about Moore, but kind of kind of regained some perspective it was at that point just a few games into his rookie season and and I think he has he has shown that he belongs up as the wide receiver one which he was in in most drafts so I'll take DJ Moore at eight yeah
2: I will I'll follow that up with Sutton I I he's my still my wide receiver one in this I guess I shouldn't say still entering entering the the season I thought that well I guess entering the pre-draft process I thought that James Washington was my number one receiver, but obviously landing spot kind of messed that up. So my second guy, Cortland Sutton here, I think he has the, the most, I guess, I don't know if I want to say upside, but like the, the chance to be a prototypical NFL wide receiver one of of any of these guys. Um, my problems with DJ Moore are still like, I think we saw it, um, uh, on Monday night when it just seemed like he was being used the same way as Jarius, Wright, And the same way as Curtis Samuel. And I don't really know how to differentiate those guys within the offense. I do think Moore is the most talented, but sudden I think offers the most upside, despite some relatively disappointing plays Had his moments, certainly, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that he's got Case Keenum thrown to him. The fact that he's been thrust into, you know, facing off the defense's number one quarter pre- corner pretty much ever since, uh, uh, uh Demarius Thomas moved on to Houston. So, Sutton feels pretty good there at 109. That puts me back on the clock at 10. And, you know,
0: when we were doing these mock drafts over the summer as the draft was on, was happening and, and we were, we're getting these landing spots and there are so many great things to talk about. One of the, one of the topics we talked about most, most was which of these running backs, uh, after Barkley, of course, would be the guy and I know we've had Chubb here and and we we talked about Geis a little bit as well but a lot of those names that we we were so excited about just a few months back have faded a bit and we'll probably see them in the second round of this exercise and things like that the one that has really emerged is Philip Lindsay and you know I've been a I've been a big fan of Philip Lindsay since the preseason. I think Matt you actually introduced me to him. You told me to go watch that Broncos preseason game and I did and I was smitten. I I love that guy. He's the real deal and you know there was news last week about the Pro Bowl and all those things, the accolades and he deserves it, man. Those are he's He's your prototypical 15-touch-a-game but can turn it into 120 yards and a couple of scores. He doesn't need 25 carries. He doesn't need the workload of a true number one workhorse tailback. He's electrifying and can do it both on the edge and in between the tackles. Those are the kinds of guys I like to have on my Dynasty team, and he's one of my favorite players to own right now. I'm so glad I have him on so many Dynasty teams.
2: I'm so upset that you took him right there cuz I almost took him with the last pick but I thought for sure he would last towards to the end of the first round so uh, very very good pick I agree I think the the haters that say that he can't he's too small he can't be a, a workhorse back I don't care. He doesn't need to be. Uh, and I think that he has a little bit of untapped potential, too, because I don't think they've used him as as well as a receiver as he has the potential to be. So I think there's even upside from where we are right now.
0: Yeah, imagine him getting the touches that Tariq Cohen gets on top of what he's getting now. He, he'd be magic.
1: So I'm on the clock at 11, and I've just got these quarterbacks staring at me. I, at this point, two of the top five left, and I'm not – Necessarily uh, in love with either of these guys, but to think that you can get a, a starting quarterback at the end of the first round in a super flex league uh, feels pretty good. So I'm going to take the guy that we've that we've seen doing it lately. That's Josh Allen, and uh, of course he was he was a big topic uh, of the offseason as well and in, in the preseason, but <laughs> for different reasons, he was the guy that. You, you were almost ashamed, right? If you if you drafted Josh Allen, it was like you you got the prize as making the worst pick or something—the <laughs> like, runt of the litter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, okay, I guess I'll take this guy. And and even in superflex leagues, for the most part, he was falling to the second round. I mean, I had some of the same concerns that everyone else had, mainly with his pass efficiency, and and those concerns haven't really been answered. We've just seen this the shocking development that he is. Uh, he can be a, a force with his legs and, and racking up fantasy points and racking up yards as a runner. So I, I don't know if that's something we can count on going forward, which is why I, I wouldn't take him over Darnold or, or some of these other players. But we talked about concerns with Rosen I'm con- or with Lamar Jackson. I'm concerned with Rosen a little bit too, for different reasons. So I'll go Josh Allen here at 11. I like that pick there,
0: actually. Uh, I was wondering if Allen would go before the fifth fifth quarterback spot here in this exercise, and I believe, obviously like you, Ryan, that, that he, he deserves it. He's, he's looked pretty good, and I don't think those rushing yards, and the rushing touchdowns even, are that fluky with him. That That's part of his game, uh, at, at least as a young player. He'll probably grow out of that as he moves on, but Man, he's, he's been like the number one quarterback in, in fantasy over the last four or five weeks or something like that. And and I I don't think it's that fluky. He, he's obviously not the best quarterback out there, but he's all right. He, he's an asset to a dynasty roster for sure.
2: Well, and we talked about the lack of weapons for, for Rosen and, and Sam Darnold, certainly. But Allen's doing it with even worse weapons, right. probably. Right? No offense to Zay Jones. No offense to... Uh, uh, Robert Foster and, and these other guys, but I mean, it's a, it's bear. The cover is bear there in Buffalo. So what he's done is impressive. And I mean, in single quarterback leagues, I, I saw him go in the fourth round regularly. So uh, good job on you guys that scooped him up there. Um, he would have been my pick here at 11, but since he is off the board, I will go back to the running back position. And I'm not super thrilled with this pick mostly based on injury history and things, but I'll go ahead and take carry on Johnson here at the, at the end of the first round. I think he has showed that he can be kind of a do it all back again. One of those guys that's good at everything. Not great at, at, at one thing necessarily um, the injury history, both in college and now in the, in the pros here is a little bit of a concern, but he seems to be to me the highest upside pick left on the board and should have that job all to himself in 2018. If he can stay healthy. Yeah. I like that pick matt
0: uh i think i think he fits right about here i think i'm safe saying all of us were considering him right around here the guy for me at the first pick in the second round is christian kirk uh he seems like the kind of like what you were saying about carry on he's the best name left on the board he's the guy that can that i feel has the highest upside and the potential to be that that top receiver that guy that uh, catches 80 plus passes and still has the double digit touchdown upside. Now, the Cardinals have a lot of questions to answer for sure, but they do have they should have a running game. Hopefully, they have their quarterback in place and that offensive line is still a work in progress, but you know, it seems like they're going to try to take the steps necessary to to make that uh, to at least try to fix that. So uh, well, the, they'll need more weapons once Larry Fitzgerald moves on, Christian Kirk's going to be the guy that's going to take over that role. And I, I'm pretty confident that he's going to take it in
1: stride. So that, that puts me back on the clock at 2.02. And a lot of the same thing as I said about Allen, just loving that value of a quarterback this late uh, is going to push me to Josh Rosen. And I, I think... We have to be a little bit uh, encouraged by what we've seen the past couple of seasons from Jared Goff, from Mitch Trubisky. That both of those guys had just just terrible uh, rookie seasons, and then bounce back to uh, t- to certainly be productive. And in Goff's case, really cracking that top tier of dynasty quarterbacks. Those are big shoes to fill when we're talking about Rosen and and I don't know that he's going to be able to take that kind of step, but I certainly don't think we should be giving up on uh, on a rookie sixteen games in. Yeah, and
0: patience is the is the key with that guy. Like we've said with these other guys, really the weapons they're not that great already. they yes, they have a running back and a, an elite one. And a great veteran wide receiver, but he's working with some, some rather unknowns as well, and uh, there were things to like about that guy coming out. Rosen was a nice prospect, and to get him this late is, is, pretty, is a cheap price tag, really, for that young quarterback like you were talking about, Ryan.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, listen, he hasn't had the best offensive coordinators to work with. You know, Mike McCoy, we all know that story. We were excited to see what Byron Lefkowitz was going to do because he was attached to Bruce Arian, but I mean, really, I mean, how much can you expect from first-time play caller like that? So, you know, I, I just think it has, it's going to be get better and better for Rosen, and uh, I definitely would have taken here if he was still available, but he's not. Um, I'm going to recap the first round real quick um, since we didn't do that. 101 was Saquon Barkley, of course. 102, Baker Mayfield. Uh, followed by Nick Chubb, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Darius Geis, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsey, uh, Josh Allen, and Kerryon Johnson was the end of that first round there. So at the 2.03 pick, I am back up and I'm not really excited about this pick, but I feel like he's still hanging around. So it's almost like I have to take him. So I'll go ahead and take Sony Michelle here. Uh, I don't really feel like he has look like a first round running first round NFL running back uh sorry NFL first round running back um but you know he's shown flashes he's been banged up uh next year you know maybe we'll get a little bit more from him as Brady continues to get a little bit older um I do wish they would use him a little bit more as a pass catcher but with James White there who knows if that's going to happen but at this point in the draft in the early second round I feel like he's probably got to be the pick here
0: yeah he he hung around for a while there Uh, He did,
2: (laughs) you know, and and even still, I didn't really want to take him. Honestly, yeah,
0: I I considered him each time, and it might speak a lot to what kind of he's gone through and what we've all thought of him. What, What did our friend Travis say the other day, Matt, when he was on with us? He he said, "Oh wow, he's already old." So yeah, you know, and that's how I feel about him. Even though he's a rookie, and yeah, he's an older rookie and things like that, but. You, you hear about the knee injuries and all the stuff he's going through, and it makes you feel like, man, that guy's old. He's gone through a lot already, and for a running back,
2: that's just not good. If somebody takes the player that I actually wanted to take here, I'm going to be upset, so don't <laughs> do it. Okay, I'll try to avoid <laughs> him right here. I'm going to, I'm going to go
0: to – I'm at the 204, and I'm going to go to wide receiver and take the upside play, or who I think is the upside play, the long-term upside play, and that's James Washington with the Steelers I you know I still have a soft spot for that guy I wish he could get on the field a little bit more as a rookie you know obviously there's a lot to go work around with the rest of that receiving core and you know get a little bit of playing time or at least a little bit more he has we've we've had some spurts some sparks some things have happened that made us think yep that's the guy we were after so I'm going to hang on to those throughout his rookie season and uh, look forward to 2019 and beyond because I, I do f- really feel like he has the upside to be a big contributor for dynasty owners.
1: I like the Washington pick. I think that would have been my selection as well. And and I do think Matt that Sony Michelle was was the end of that tier. And we said that tier started with Sam Darnold at the four pick. And so I think from Darnold to Sony Michelle from four to 15 overall. Um, those guys could have gone in uh, really any order. That's that's one big group for me essentially. So now we're left with this next tier, and and it's just as messy as far as uh, how these how these players should be ordered. Um, so I'm just going to take a shot on uh, on upside, uh, like like Dan said. I'll take my favorite wide receiver that's left, and that is Dante Pettis. That's I, I was you, I was considering I you, those two and had a tough decision. Pettis, of
0: course, had balled out the last few weeks and we all feel really good about him. I really think <laughs> if it was Washington catching that touchdown a couple of weeks ago, we'd all favor Washington, and that's what finally drew me back to the
2: Ryan. Can I can I trade you Sony Michelle for Dante Pettis?
1: <laughs> um <laughs> They're in different tiers. I, I would still do that. <laughs>
2: Anyway, we should let you finish talking about
1: Pettis. No, no. Like like Dan said, I have been encouraged by his play recently. Um, and honestly, encouraged recently, but also frustrated long-term. Because that 49ers team was clearly going nowhere this year, especially after Garoppolo got hurt. They continued to uh, to give uh, targets to Pierre Garçon. He, he battled through... Injuries all season finally has landed on the injured reserve list. I, I don't know what's happened with Marquise Goodwin. He's been a, a major disappointment, but I feel like Pettis should have uh, been seeing these targets and, and this opportunity uh, much earlier in the season. He looks like their wide receiver one moving forward. They've got to got to still make some additions there and and get some more weapons for Garoppolo moving moving forward into 2019 but Pettis has certainly earned uh, a a role and in my opinion, a starting role.
2: Yeah. He, uh, I I know this is a lofty comparison, but I really think he is kind of the next Keenan Allen. Like he's such a good route runner. Like I don't, I I think he might even be able to challenge Calvin Ridley uh, there, Dan, as the best route runner in this class, the way he can just get open just with the separation based on those routes. He loses no quickness in and out of his breaks. Uh I, I really think he's gonna be great. He's not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest guy, just like Keenan Allen, but I think he is gonna be be a future star in this league for sure. So that leaves me I guess I'm you know what, I'm not getting sniped again, so this might be a little bit of a reach. Don't take but it. I'm man. gonna go to I'm gonna go to tight end, take Dallas Dallas Goddard, yeah. baby. Because he, he was my favorite tight end coming into the thing. I was upset by the fact that he got drafted by the Eagles and was going to be behind Ertz. But he's shown that he can produce even in a secondary role. And I think that role is only co- going to continue to grow. So uh, pretty easy pick here for me. I guess not easy pick, but I didn't want to get sniped again. So I'm taking Goddard. You were going to get sniped, Matt. I was
0: taking him. I had his name circle, <laughs> the star next to him. Oh, that one was painful. I thought I was getting in on it early if I went in the middle of the second. Obviously, that's not early enough. I should have passed on Washington and gone with Goddard, I guess. Uh, So that leaves me on the clock at 2.07. And I'm going to take the guy that's a little bit of a disappointment that we were all excited about in the preseason. That's Anthony Miller. Um, I still, you know, I love the speed and all the... uh, all the things that go along with Miller out of the slot in Chicago, that offense has a lot of parts and a lot of really good players, and they got to spread the ball out, and that just hasn't spread out to Anthony Miller just yet this year. I think there's obviously the potential for his role to grow and for that slot guy to get a bigger role as they move on in that offense. So hopefully Miller gets Gets more touches down the stretch this year and even especially
1: into 2019. So I'll make him the pick at two Oh seven. At 2.08, this is 20th overall. I'm going to go to the running back position. I haven't taken a running back yet in, uh, in this draft. And uh, I, you know, there's, there's three of these rookie running backs that were first rounders locked in first rounders and, and essentially every, uh, rookie draft out there, including superflex, and all three have disappointed. I've got concerns with all three long term, but at, at this point, I'm going to take a chance on the one that was a first rounder uh, and the one that I I think will eventually get a chance to start Rashad Penny in Seattle.
2: Yeah, I just I don't know. I I, th- I think you're right. He has to go here, but I'm not excited about him. <sighs> I just I don't know, man. I can't. I I wasn't excited about him when they took him. I'm not excited about him now. I just I don't know. I maybe it's a blind spot for me, but I don't I don't even think I'll be buying Penny shares cheap this off season. So I mean, you have to think that he's gonna someday take the job from Chris Carson, but who knows with that team? Dan, you you have any thoughts on Penny? Um, they ha- well they haven't changed much
0: since the preseason when you and I yeah me either talked Like so I feel much the about same. Him. And, you know, the injury hurt. That, that slowed everything down and gave everybody a bad taste in their mouth. So, like, guys like us that weren't quite sure about him, we we feel a little, little justified or maybe better about our thoughts on it. And, and it's really unfair to him because his opportunities have been nothing. And that's partially because of that coaching staff and, you know, how they do things in that backfield. At some point, they're going to latch on to Penny and give him his shot, and we're really going to see
2: or at least try to find out what kind of player that guy is. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll have to see. He's a guy I'm going to – if he hits, I'm definitely going to miss on him because I, I don't think I have a single share, and I don't plan on buying any. Um, the next guy I'm going to take here at 209 – I guess it might be a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to go with Antonio Callaway. I was taking him in the late second in rookie drafts, um, and uh, I I think he's the real deal. He's been very inconsistent, especially with his hands uh, and and a few very key drops, but I think he's shown enough that, that he can be a real player in this league. So I will take him over a couple other guys that I consider here at the 209.
0: And I don't actually think that that's a real reach. Uh, I, th- I think that's about where he should be going for sure. Uh, right next to the guy I'm going to take, and that's Traquan Smith, for all the same reasons, yeah. really. Um, I, I like the player. He He's athletic and you know has the size. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, and he has shown it just in glimpses. We had the one game against Philadelphia, 10 catches, 157 and a score. He also had that three for 111 and two scores. So he's done it. And perhaps it's because of breeze, perhaps it's, you know, just right place at the right time, whatever it might be. But when, when guys put up those kind of numbers as rookies, we have to notice and get on board with it. And I'm on board with Smith, especially when the cost is a late second in this exercise.
1: Yeah. I considered uh, really all of those receivers when I took Pettis, but Miller, Callaway, Traquan Smith, I think they're all in that same tier. Uh, obviously, I prefer Pettis, but I think the next three are, are pretty close behind. And in fact, I think the next four are close behind. I'm going to stick with the wide receivers at 211 and take uh, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. You look at that Packers team, and you know Jimmy Graham is going to be gone. You know Randall Cobb is going to be gone. They invested in these in these three rookies, although they didn't invest much, uh, honestly. But there's just going to be so many changes with that entire team. Obviously, a new coaching staff is going to be coming in, but I, I think uh, Valdez Gantling showed enough uh, this season, especially when Cobb was hurt earlier, to earn that role going forward. We'll see if it's a starting role or not. But uh, at this point, uh, I like his upside compared to who's left.
2: Yeah, interesting. That one was interesting for me too. I, I'm not as sold as maybe I have the, the Packer glasses on, Dan, but I'm not as sold on him as uh, maybe Ryan is and other people are. I like him just fine. He's that size, speed freak that uh, can't get on the same
0: page with a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, it, it's just, it started off good. Everything was going well. It seemed like they were progressing. He was catching passes. And then he just completely disappeared. Rodgers has been throwing it at his feet, him especially, more than anybody else. And it's like they, they're not clicking. I, I like him just fine. And Ryan, I think you alluded to it. We're not sure if he's going to have that that big of a role next year. But if he does, we want a piece of that. I'm leery that somebody else is going to be walking in those shoes come week one next year as the wide receiver two in Green Bay.
2: Yeah, uh, man, this last pick here in the second round. Let me just recap and and get stalled a little bit and give myself some more time. But let's recap the second round that started off with Christian Kirk, Josh Rosen, Sonny Michelle, James Washington, Dante Pettis, Dallas Goddard, Anthony Miller, Rashad Penny, uh, Antonio Callaway, Traquan Smith, and Marquise Fowles-Scantling. And the last pick of the second round will be – oh, this would hurts. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to take Ronald Jones here, much for the same reasons that Ryan said about Penny, guy who was locked into the first round in pretty much all rookie drafts and basically have seen nothing from, and what we have seen has not been good But Peyton Barber hasn't been good either. You know, they invested a a high pick in Jones last year, so it's hard to think that they're going to invest in another high pick in in the 2019 draft. So hopefully with a new coaching staff there, hopefully Dirk Cutter is gone and we see somebody come in that can use and and take advantage of Ronald Jones and what he offered in college. So we'll make Ronald Jones the last pick of the second round.
0: That'll put me back on the clock to start out round three, and I'm going to go to my favorite tight end coming into the draft class, and that's Mike Gusecki. Now, he's only caught 20 passes for 170 yards and hasn't found pay dirt yet. But as we all have preached many, many times, that tight end position, it takes a while to get your feet wet and get ready for prime time for most tight ends. And I think fills fills that profile, I guess, uh, we really, the worst part about Kaseki so far as a rookie is we haven't had that highlight play. We haven't had it, seen him hit that seam, split the two safeties and, and score a 44 yard touchdown to say, oh yeah, that's the guy out of Penn state. That's why we, we were drafting him early in the second round of rookie drafts and, and over other tight ends, uh, like Goddard, who you took earlier, Matt. So, I, I still believe in the talent. He's only a year removed from all those highlight reel catches at Penn State, and the big body and the speed and all the things we like about him are still there. I think give him a full off season in Miami of all places uh, to work with a quarterback, and, and I think we'll see progression. Hopefully, he continues to to uh, to get better. And you know, I'd really, 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 as a Gasecki owner, everywhere love to see him catch that one pass that reminds me of of why i liked him so much coming out of school
1: so with the at the 3.02 pick there there's still so many options again this the depth of this class is is really impressive we're uh we're 25 players in now and uh, in a lot of years especially at the end of the season now that you have that that perspective you might you might have trouble finding 25 guys you want in a typical year. That's that's not the case this time. Uh, I'm going to go back to running back, and I'm going to take Naheem Hines. Uh, I've been impressed with him as a pass catcher in the Colts offense. I, I, I've been impressed, really, with that uh, that entire offense. Andrew Luck making the great comeback at that, that I did not expect, honestly. Uh, and I think it's worked best when... Hines has been the, the primary ball catcher out of the backfield, and, and Mack has, uh, has, of course, been the, the ball carrier there. So we'll, uh, we'll see if he can still keep up those uh, those games where he gets five and six and seven targets. Obviously, that's what we want to see as fantasy owners. But in, in the early third, I'll take a shot on Naheem Hines.
2: Yeah, I like that. I was hoping to get him not with this pick but the next pick, so nice job just scooping him up there ryan i think he's if nothing else he's going to be around for a long time as a, as a pass catching back i think so i think you're getting a nice floor there uh for the future for sure i will go back to wide receiver and i'm going to skip over the guy i should probably take to take the my one of my favorite players in this draft class and that's kiki cutie i think he fits in really well there in the slot in in uh in houston uh, in, in college, Deshaun Watson used the slot receiver very well, um, so I'm excited for his future. He just needs to stay healthy. Uh, I think he can play a little bit on the outside if they need him to, but obviously Will Fuller will come back and, uh, and and probably nix that. But I do think he has some outside speed if they need him to do that, but his his natural position in the slot is going to be very productive, I think, if he can stay healthy in 2019.
0: I think you should take the guy you were supposed to
2: take, not him. <laughs> <laughs> you, why don't you take him right I'm, now? I taken guy enough guys were that I don't to like.
0: take was Michael Gallup, and that is... I'm going to take him begrudgingly. I think on last yeah. week's episode, I said I have a little hate for Michael Gallup,
1: and <laughs> and I
0: do. I, I you know I. He, he's like that guy that's, he's good at a bunch of stuff, and yeah, he's an NFL receiver, but is he ever really going to be a number one NFL receiver? I don't think so. And is he is he really going to be a number two, a true number two receiver on an NFL team? That's even questionable to me. And I and I like him just fine. He's, he's a bigger guy, and he can run a little bit, and uh, he seems to be an all right route runner, but none of those things scream, wow, you know, He's not 6'4 and jump out of a building to be that guy in the red zone. Uh, he's not that speed demon that can burn past somebody. And, he, and he's not that elite route runner that finds the smallest openings and turns them into big games. So, you know, while I'm, I'm fine taking him, especially at, what is it, 3'04 right here in this draft, uh, I'm just, I don't have huge expectations from him. And that creates an upside that is like, Dynasty or Fantasy Wide Receiver 3 slash 4. And if you're all right with that, and if you're paying that price, it's fine to get Michael Gallup and and put him on your roster. But if you had any more expectations than that, I think you're,
2: you're expecting too much. I just I just think he's on the wrong team. Like, I, I think that team is going to be Cooper and Zeke, and you're not going to really want to start any other fantasy options on that team because they want to be so run-heavy. Um, and, and I don't think Dak is probably the wrong quarterback for him, honestly. He's hit him on a few nice deep balls this season, but I don't think he can do it consistently. I don't think he wants to do it consistently. He's not that kind of quarterback that takes chances that, that Gallup needs. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's a wide receiver four right now at best.
1: So at the – what is this? The three point oh five. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take a guy who can be, and I think maybe already is the wide receiver one for his team. I'm going to take Robert Foster, uh, of course, an undrafted wow. free agent, has, has quickly ascended the Bills depth chart and and basically kind of brought them to their senses that they uh, figured out they should get rid of Kelvin Benjamin and uh, I think the other veteran was Andre Holmes. They got rid of those guys two or three weeks ago to give. More opportunity to Foster, more opportunity to Zay Jones and uh, and their other young guys, which I think in a lost season was a very smart move. Over the last month, Foster leads that team in in basically every receiving category. They're another team that has to make some changes, has to bring in some weapons. So who knows if he's in that lead role next year, but uh, he, he's looked really strong. I actually took him uh, or nearly took him uh, even in the late second round, over Valdez Scantlin.
2: Interesting. Yeah, he's a guy I haven't. I, have, I I need to do some work on because I've seen the deep balls and they look good. But I, I honestly, other than that, I don't know a whole lot about him. So, um, but uh, I mean, there's nothing else there in, in Buffalo right now. So, and they're not certainly not going to fill up their wide receiver core in, in one year. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that pick at all. Um, I will go with 309. I'm going to go back to running back and take the heir apparent to Tevin Coleman and uh, or maybe even Devonta Freeman, honestly, and Ido Smith. Um, you know, he's, he's shown that he can play, I think, this year in, in, a, in a limited role behind Tevin Coleman for the most part while Devonta Freeman has been out. Um, And, I mean, he looks like Devonta Freeman on the field. So if they want to play some kind of game where they're uh, mixing up running backs to do basically the same thing, I think that he can have maybe a bigger role than we even think at this point in 2019. So Ito Smith at the 309. Oh, sorry. The three oh six.
0: Yeah, the three oh six. There, I was hoping this wasn't going to be my last pick because I got a couple that I, I still want to get here uh, <laughs> for sure. So I'm glad. I'm glad it's only, I didn't miss a few picks there. I, I'm back on the clock at the three oh seven, and there there's really so many names still to consider. And and I continue to go over my list here and see a name and oh yeah, he, I want to get him in. Oh, I want to get him here. And I only got two picks left, so I'm going to try to use the first one on a wide receiver. Uh, And that guy's going to be Equinemius St. Brown. He's actually, if there is a young Packers receiver on the roster, he's the guy that I think has the best chance to make a splash. Because of what you said earlier, Ryan, most likely Cobb is going to move on. There's a good chance that Graham could as well. Uh, although that's still up in the air. And that leaves a big hole in the middle of the field. And if you're watching throughout the preseason and even throughout the regular season, St. Brown has been working the middle of the field a lot. I think they really like Equinemius in the middle of the field. You know, Of course, there's going to be a coaching change and all those things can change with that. But I really, if there's a guy I believe in in that group to find regular playing time in 2019, it's ESV. What
2: happens when they take Enkil Harry in the middle of the first then round? Then forget Dan. everything I said and trade ESP <laughs> for
1: Enkil Harry,
2: right? That'd be the deal you'd be able to make. <laughs>
1: That'd be a dream. Um. He, yeah, Dan, I, I agree with you as far as just looking around at who's left. And, and now we're at the, the middle, getting towards the end of the third round. I still love the depth. I'd keep saying that, but uh, I, I can't even decide who I want to go with here. I, I feel like somebody has to take this guy. So I'm just going to end the, the free fall. I've already taken one running back. I didn't like, so I'm going to take another one and I'll take Royce Freeman. I'm not as confident. Oh my gosh! I completely forgot about him. I'm not even going to lie. I completely
2: forgot about Royce Freeman. Oh, I
1: thought about him every time and passed. Yeah. I mean, you forgot about him for good reason, right? Because <laughs> yeah. So did Bronco. I mean, you, yeah. You think about Jones and you think about Penny and, I guess the the one good thing we can say about those guys is they still even after a year of disappointment, they still don't have a lot in front of them. Uh Chris Carson has played well. I don't wanna don't want to slight him too much, but uh I, I still could see Penny climbing the top of that death chart and, and certainly the same with Ronald Jones and, and Peyton Barber. Uh Freeman <laughs> Freeman's job is not as, as easy with what we've seen from from Philip Lindsay and that's why I think he's probably third in that group now but again at the 3.08 a guy who was uh, drafted to be the lead back uh, I think it's safe to assume I'll I'll take a chance I'm not really happy about it though
0: yeah and obviously I wasn't either because I I was passing on him every time but but really he hasn't given us any reason to get excited about his upside because he has had opportunities and he's scored touchdowns but when you're averaging 3.2 yards of carry in games and and falling into the end zone. And then a few plays later, you watch the undrafted counterpart bust off a 60-yard touchdown run and then then catch a screen pass and shake two tacklers. It's hard to get excited about the first guy. So, you know, I don't... I don't blame you for, for passing on Freeman that many times. And I kept considering him too. I know a couple of weeks ago, Ryan, you said he'll probably get a chance somewhere at some point. And that's true, but he needs to give us a reason to be excited about that opportunity that he should get someday.
2: Yeah, he's somebody that I completely missed on. I think I had him up as high as 104 before we knew the Philip Lindsay was a thing, which was not not so good. Uh, I had the right team and the right role, just the wrong rookie, right? <laughs> good night. Uh, but yeah, I I, 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 yeah, I would. Would you guys take you? So you guys wouldn't take him over Ronald Jones at this point?
0: Well, I you took Ronald Jones as well. So I, I did. I was
2: passing on him each time too. <laughs> I, I If I had remembered because I'm an idiot, I would have taken him over Ronald Jones. I think. okay, but it's probably close. I, I guess I guess you could make the argument that Ronald Jones probably isn't blocked next year, whereas Freeman is certainly blocked by Lindsay.
1: I mean for me, even it maybe sounds funny since I took two of these guys in this exercise, but all three of those players were guys I did not believe in throughout the yeah. pre-draft process. I didn't draft them anywhere in any of my leagues. And Dan, I think you said this earlier, I haven't seen anything from any of the three to really change my mind. We have we have seen a couple of explosive plays from Penny. So if I had to pick one, obviously I did and, and would pick him. I guess the the best way I can say what I'm thinking about those three is I'm not going to be trying to buy low this offseason on any of them.
0: Yeah, me either. And, uh, and I was one. Yeah. I was a Ronald Jones fan. I think we talked about it on the podcast that I liked his electric feet and that quick burst that he has and it has not showed up up in Tampa Bay. I think it's okay to be wrong on those things, Ryan. The thing is, admitting you're wrong and moving on, and that's something I've always been pretty good at when when something's not working, you got to get off the off the bandwagon. So I won't be buying into any of the even though I was a Ronald Jones fan, I'm out at this point and you know i only got him in a couple places i already sold him in one of them so
2: hopefully it won't ruin the entire blueprint of my dynasty rosters well we've got four picks left i've got two to go i kind of want to take dan's guy here just to snipe him but i won't uh i'll go ahead and take Deshaun hamilton i think he's the heir apparent to the slot role in denver he's played very well there over the last couple of weeks especially with uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and that terrible Achilles injury. You know, I think these they're probably going to move on from him at this point. Thirty-year-old with an Achilles injury is, is never a good thing. So uh, it just seems like he's going to going to move in there, and it's going to be Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton as their future at wide receiver. So I'm pretty happy with him here at the end of the third. You know, I know who you're talking about, and I'm not sure
0: I can take him here at the 310, <laughs> Matt, because there's so many good players. There, you know, there really is. Like. Yeah. I'd love to take him and we can talk about him after the draft, but right now I'd much rather have Chase Edmonds. He seems like the the best player left and, and it really looks, I'm looking it over and I feel like there's four or five guys, maybe even more that I'd like to draft. So, but I'm going to take Edmonds. I think he's shown enough in the limited time that he's gotten onto the field that, we can be excited about his upside, and if he were to ever get a backfield to himself or a bigger part of a timeshare or something like that, he could be like a running back two for dynasty owners. Uh, maybe even better than that because he has the burst that we, we like to see as well. So, of course, he had that two-touchdown game against the Packers and looked good on on all three of the touchdown runs, really, because one got called back. I, I like his upside and to think he's going at the end of this draft, like you were saying, Ryan sometimes we don't even get into the twenties before we run out of names right now. I'm having a hard time making, uh, the 34th selection here, but it's going to be Edmonds.
1: Yeah. I like Edmonds too. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of him this year, especially with, I, I guess, kind of their wonky season. I mean, Johnson has, has struggled at some point and And Edmonds did have that nice two touchdown game a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm, I'm down to two guys who I think both have, have shown a little promise here lately, and I'm going to go with tight end Ian Thomas, uh, as I think he's the starter going forward. I, I don't expect to see Greg Olson back on an NFL field, uh, field, uh, field well, ever again, I guess I expect him to to retire. So I think Ian Thomas has that job. And even though he is a rookie, we we talked about the slow starting tight ends as rookies uh, in his chances taking over for Olsen. He has, he has performed well. And, uh, and Cam Newton has always used that tight end pretty well. So I'll take Ian Thomas here with my last pick.
2: Yeah, that was going to be my last pick. I thought I could sneak him in there, but I should have known better. Ryan's going to get him.
1: I'll recap the third
2: round here and then follow it up with my final pick, and then we'll get out of here, guys. Mike Gusecki at 301, followed by Naheem Hines, Kiki Cutie, Michael Gallup, uh, uh, Robert Foster, Ido Smith, Equinamius St. Brown, Royce Freeman, Deshaun Hamilton, Chase Edmonds, Ian Thomas. And at the 312, the final pick in this exercise, I will take Jalen Samuels. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to work out as a running back, but he sure does look good as a receiver. Vance McDonald can't stay healthy. Jesse James is just a guy, I think. If, uh, if for some reason they can transition Jalen Samuels to an H-back role and he can take over that primary tight end pass-catching duties, then I think we could really have something there with Jalen Samuels. But uh, that's going to do it, you guys. Uh, we'll probably do a recap late at some point and talk about the guys we didn't get to. Because, I, honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but we could probably go another four, four a, a whole other round and, and still feel okay about some of the players we would get there. So, um, But we want to wrap this up. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. You'll probably listen to it after that. We hope you had a good championship week. And we'll be back to recap the entire 2018 season the next time we talk to you somewhere around New Year's. For Dan, for Ryan, I'm Matt. And we hope you guys had a good time listening to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Talk to you next time.
0: Oh, I'm so going to eat the sandwich while well, we do this podcast. Put that on the outtakes, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh